Welcome to Transformation for Success with Dr. Barbara Young. If you're looking for something more, something different, something better, this is your opportunity. Over the next hour, we'll talk about inspiration for personal and professional success. Now, here is your host, Dr. Barbara Young. Well, hello there, and a special big shout out to my national, international, and local fans and listeners. We are coming live from California and New York. I trust you all had a wonderful, blessed, and safe Thanksgiving, and I'm so excited today as we have a special guest back again in the studio. Well, do you want to get the first-hand scoop of Matthew Knowles' latest book, Well, it's newest book, Destiny's Child, The Untold Story, that just became a number one Amazon bestseller today. Well, stay tuned, as you are going to hear from this worldwide award-winning music executive and founder CEO of Music World Entertainment. Dr. Knowles is an author, professor, lecturer, public speaker, entrepreneur, and artist manager. Based out of Houston, Texas, Music World, for those of you who might not be familiar with it, is one of the world's largest music and entertainment conglomerates with record sales exceeding $450 million worldwide, having worked with Chaka Khan, Earth, Wind & Fire, the OJs, Destiny's Child, Solange, and Beyonce, just to name a few. So call your friends and share this show as it can be downloaded. If you can't listen now, you can listen later on iTunes, iTunes, Roku, Stitcher, Google Voice, and Voice America. So help me welcome in the studio again today the great Mr. Matthew Knowles. Hi, Matthew. <laughs> hey, Dr. B. What a great introduction. Thank you. Well, I tell you, you are worth every word. I could say more, go on and on and on. But, you know, Matthew, it is so great to have you on the show again. And, you know, as you know, you may, you know this, you've been referred to as one of the most influential entrepreneurs of our generation in the music and entertainment history. And I'm so pleased to have you share your best-selling book today with my worldwide national and local listeners you have garnered so many countless awards. I mean, there's so many to name, I really, uh, because you've traveled all over the world. You've had so many accomplishments in music, uh, keynote speaker, guest lecturer. And when you were on the show on our last, in May, I do believe, we talked about your best-selling books, three of them, The DNA of Achievers, Racism from the Eyes of a Child, and The Emancipation of Slaves Through Music. But we've got so much to talk about today, and I'm excited that oh. your latest book has made the number one bestseller on Amazon, Destiny's Trial. Yay! Un- Yay! Well, Matthew, you know, <laughs> it's been said that there's a lot of rich history, and people that I ha- I know, and they've written uh, of me and telling me about this when they found that you are going to be on the show, that they were glad that you're doing this so that you can tell the story and you can make sure it gets told right. So I want to tell you, listeners, if you have any questions for Mr. Knowles, you can call in at 1-888-346-9141. And that's Dr. Knowles, because he has his PhD. And he'll be glad to answer any of your inquiries. So, Matthew, I've got a lot of questions for you. And I know you've been doing so many interviews. But 
What inspired you to actually write this book? I, mean, I know you want to tell the story and get it right, but you know, it had to have a lot of inspiration, you know, and thought process to get this stuff on paper. Yeah, you you know you know what it takes and to write a book. Yeah. And for mm-hmm. me, I, I first had it in my head. You know, I used to hear uh, art, artists say that, yeah, I have this song in my head. Uh, I, I used to not understand that, but I, I, I had this book in my head for years, and, you know, as time passes and things happen in our lives uh, with my cancer scare that I had in July, uh, it gave me a different perspective of a uh, sense of urgency in some things and not procrastinate. Uh, I also had heard so many different versions of this story, you know, of Destiny's Child, because the girls were little. They were, Beyonce was 10, 11 years old when she started this journey. Uh, we're talking 1992. Uh, lives happened, a lot of membership changes, a lot of member changes, um, gosh, almost 25 to be exact. Uh, and so I just wanted to tell the story accurately. Uh, I wanted to, as I began to think about legacy, uh, I, I wanted to just clear the air on certain things of how the, the group went through changes. And, and I also wanted for those listeners who don't understand the music industry, who think it's microwave and it happens overnight, I wanted them to hear because uh, this story is not unusual for a lot of artists uh, having mistakes and failures along the way. That's true. You know, one of the things um, that, you know, I, I had a, the opportunity to read excerpts of the book. And the, I think the most interesting part of this, Matthew, is that people don't realize and maybe have not how much of a role you played in the mechanics of managing and motivating and maneuvering a group of talented children through an impossible landscape. Now, that's one thing because you're a parent, you know. And then you're working, you're working parent, because I know in your last uh, show interview we had, we talked about you had a job. I mean, you were raising a family, but you had to succeed in doing both. What was this riddled with a lot of uh, controversy and, and heartbreak and disappointment? Because I do recall you sharing this, that at the age of 10, while mother was working, you were the one that was taking Beyonce to the dance lessons, to the you know the rehearsals uh, yeah. at that age, and sitting out in the car <laughs> waiting on her. So you were really very instrumental in the early, early career for her in helping her. So what was that like? Because you've got to work, you've got to be the parent, and uh, then you're later maneuvering and helping all these other talented children. What was that like for you? Well, you know, I, I think that's one of the reasons both of Kelly, um, who lived with us for 10 years, uh, Beyonce and Solange, uh, they got to see their parents, you know, work very hard every day almost, um, make mistakes. We shared those and had successes. We shared those. Uh, but, yes, you act, you're very accurate. I played the role of a parent in the beginning of this. I just wanted my kids to be happy. I wanted Mm -hmm. to help them learn and find their passion as soon as they could. I didn't want it to be what I wanted them to be. I wanted them to find themselves and I would have been okay with whatever that was as long as it was their passion and not a hobby. Um, and, And so I played that role. 
And it was extremely difficult because when you have everybody working, uh, and, and especially when I had to change hats. I had to be a parent, and then once I got into business, I had to 100% take that parent hat off because I couldn't make emotional decisions, number one, because uh, they would be wrong. And I couldn't make decisions that were based around Beyonce. Uh, and the one thing about this book, and I hope readers will, will and they will, you probably had have four or five people because we interviewed, and I interviewed at least 11 people. And yes, I you did. To be, the truth. I wanted to be people who knew and who was close to what really happened here. I must have had five times that people would come to me, producers, record label. Hey, we just want Beyonce. And it would be always me. I don't want that. I've always wanted this to be a group. One day I have a strategy for each one of the girls solo wise. But today I want this to be the best group it, it can be. So it's stories like that that folks don't know because people always think, oh, you wanted this girl to be the star. That's not what it was at all. You know, it, it's interesting, too, how this all just blew up. Matthew, were, do, you, do you feel that when things started to happen, because there were challenges, but there were also uh, experiences that were great because the group, you know, well, let me just start back with how did the group Destiny's Child actually get formed? Because they were another group, uh, called another group before well, they became Well, they were several Child. groups. I'll quickly yes. walk you through it. I think yeah. this is our interview, right? Yes. Okay. It is. I just wanted to know how to pace myself. So, right. so it started in 1992, girls' time. Um, and girls' time literally had probably... 20 different men, uh, members. I have a photo that has 11 girls in girls' time. Even my niece at one point was in, in girls' time. So it was always a revolving door. Um, the original two ladies who put the group together uh, wanted to be like a very young in vogue. And, and during that time, we had all these little young kid acts. You know, we had an usher, we had crisscross, we had, you know, all of these ABC, all of these, another bad crash, all of these little small boys, but there were no little girls then. Uh, so, you know, Girls Time, and one of the parents actually came up with this name, Girls Time. Um, and, and so that's where it started. They went to Star Search. So Star Search is like American Idol today. Uh, they lost on Star Search, and that's when that was the defining moment that I got involved. Uh, once I got involved, Ed McMahon, who was the host, said, "Hey, but all the people that lose on this, the people that win consistently, never become um, known professionally. It's the people that lose." He named Usher, Christina, Christina Aguilera, uh, Aaliyah, Boys to Men. All who lost, who went back, changed their organization, refocused, redirected. And so me and one of the managers said, hey, we have to make changes here. We have all of these dancers trying to get a record deal with dancers, which is unheard of. Uh, we need to make some changes in who's singing songs. And we did that. Uh, and then Girls' Time uh, became the Dolls, and we'll talk more about that later. And they went to Atlanta, and they was working with the partners still today with L.A. Reed and Babyface. 
And then that didn't work. And the girls got signed to Electra Records with Sylvia Rome, and they got dropped. And then they came back with their heads down. And then I changed the name to Cliche, and Beyonce <laughs> came back with almost losing her voice and never being able to sing again. And then they became... Uh, from cliche to something fresh and then something fresh became destiny and then they had the opportunity for a second time in their career to sign with Columbia. The first time I said no in an audition because the girls weren't ready. They were too young. And then Destiny, we got a cease and desist because their first song ever is on the Men in Black soundtrack with Will Smith. But there's a gospel girl group in Mississippi named Destiny. So I had like literally three or four hours that I had to rename the group before production of the Men in Black soundtrack came out. That's where I came up with Destiny's Child. And so Mm -hmm. that's how we got to where we are. (laughs) Many years, many groups, many members. And I wanted to correct that because a lot of drama came about Latavia and Latoya um, uh, being replaced in the group. Well, the group always had a a revolving door. So it was nothing new. Well, you know, from the managerial side, you sort of, uh, were you sort of pulled into that role because (laughs) there wasn't anybody really to manage them? It sounds like that. You were sort of, you know, did you feel that that was your calling to manage the group and you found that you had a talent for doing that? No, not at all. What happened, and I talk about it in the book, is, you know, I sold diagnostic imaging. I sold uh, mammography equipment that I think saved my life. Uh, Then I was the first black to do that, the first black in America, one of the first to sell MRI and CT scanners. Uh, one of the first blacks in America to be a neurosurgical specialist with Johnson & Johnson. So I had 20 years of diagnostic imaging, and one of the surgical cases, I get paged by Methodist Hospital, and the neurosurgeon, uh, I went to his office. He said, Mr. Knows, I can no longer use your equipment because the hospital is telling me if I don't reduce my costs, I can't practice here anymore because of this new thing called managed care. Uh, And we all know what that means now. Yes, Uh, yes. So I said, I can't sell something based on cost. You can get anybody to do that. I'm a true sales and marketing person. So I then called my former wife, Tina, and I said, I can't do this. Right there in the hospital, I said, I can't do this anymore. I'm not passionate. So I had to find my passion. Had nothing to do with my kids. But... Those that know me and know my my story know that when I was a kid growing up, uh, I was in music. I went to took piano lessons. I hated it, but my mother made me. Uh, I was a DJ on Sunday because my mom and dad would dance in the living room that we were prohibited to go in, and I had to come up with a nickel, quarter, and dime to put on top of the needle so the needle wouldn't scratch. So I got to learn and have my own playlist, uh, where we use now in streaming. So I was in a boy band in high school that we did the talent show thing that uh, those that are older remember. So I loved music. And there was a young kid in Houston, a rapper named Lil O, uh, that asked me to manage him. My first record deal was not Destiny's Child. It was a rapper named Lil O who I signed to MCA Records. And his first single, Can't Stop, features Destiny's Child. And it's those type of untold stories that I want to get correct. 
I did not leave my job for Beyonce. That's not the story. <laughs> and I'm glad you're clarifying that because, you know, you know, like you said, many rumors abound. People make their own conclusions based on very limited information and run with it. So we know that you've been, you know, and have seen the ups and downs of so many things that are happening. But one of the things is that I, I, I'm ha- loving the opportunity to be able to have you share, and as you're sharing with others, too, during the interviews, of seeing this through the eyes of the father, more the father, not only just of Beyonce and Solange and Kelly, but the father of many young people that you've helped and promoted. But also, in reflection, Look at your background. I mean, all the things that you were doing that you just cited that made up who Matthew Knowles really is. So you had preparation, (laughs) more or less, and maybe didn't even realize it, that would pole vault you into where you are today. So I am so pleased to have to share with you. We're going to take a break, but not before. I want to ask you this question. What was the most painful part from the parenting perspective, and we'll talk about that, not just for your children, but for the group of young women that you, you know, were able to mold and help over the years. And we're going to take a quick break. So listeners, stay tuned, because we're going to be right back with my guest today, Dr. Matthew Knowles. So thank you. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Things Worth Considering, featuring host Gord Riddell and Dr. Jan Hill, is a program that's all about connections. The connections we make with our families, our workplaces, friends, and others around us. It's also about connections to ourself, spirit, feelings, and stories. Let us connect with you each week to explore what we are and what we can be moving forward. We can overcome the obstacles that stand in our way. Things Worth Considering airs live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Empowerment. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. This is Transformation for Success. To reach Dr. Barbara Young or today's guest, Please call into the program at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to info at transformationforsuccess.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to my interview today with Dr. Matthew Knowles, and we're ta- discussing his latest number one Amazon best-selling book, Destiny's Child, The Untold Story. So, Matthew, thank you so much for sharing sort of the background of all of the girl groups and how Destiny's Child evolved from girls' time, and you took us through that journey. But I asked a question before we went on break about, you know, the perspective of parenting, because you saw and were able to, you know, influence, I'm sure, a lot of young women. And from a parenting perspective, what was that like? Well, you know, I tell the story in the book about mm-hmm. Kelly Rowland. Mm-hmm. Um, Kelly uh, and her mother, her mother was a nanny uh, for two doctors that were, were married. Uh, and Kelly, and they lived in the house. 
And one day, the the, the, the young lady that the doctor came in and told uh, Kelly's mother, Doris, uh, Doris, you guys, I'm getting a divorce, and you guys have to move. Uh, Doris said, well, when? She said, in two weeks. Um, Doris wasn't prepared for that at all, Kelly's mother. Uh, and so she came to, to Tina and I and said, you know, uh, I just found this out. Could you keep Kelly for one month? Uh, and she needed to go to Atlanta, uh, Kelly's mom, to just regroup and be with her parents. Uh, Kelly lived with us. That ended up being, you know, to her adulthood, you know, 12, 13 years. We treated Kelly. I treated Kelly no differently mm-hmm. than she was our own kid. She actually called me dad uh, and called Latina mom. Uh, but, you know, in my role, these girls, unfortunately, uh, you know, four girls, uh, three of them, two of them didn't have a father in the home at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, one had a stepfather who was abusive. Uh, and then there's another book that talks in detail about this abuse. It wasn't a, a pretty abuse at all. Uh, I chose not to go there in my book. Uh, but, you know, I had to play the father role. These kids were like 13, 14 years old. Uh, so, you know, I had to play a much greater role than just a manager. Uh, I had to also play the dad role for them. <laughs> And and I want to applaud you for that, too, because uh, it is so important for young women uh, and young girls to have fathers in their lives, fathers who care. You know, and I, when I had that image of you sitting out in the car, you know, while Beyonce is doing her dance lessons or whatever, I, I was so moved by that because that's just such the love of a dad being able to give up his Saturday, his time, could have been doing something else, looking at football and basketball games, but you're really moving and helping your daughter. And not only that, but pushing for the advancement of other young women's uh, nearly impossible dreams. So from the managerial side of this, how did you evolve into actually uh, managing all of these groups that you did, not only your daughter's career, but uh, the others that you were a part of. And you make mention of that, and you've got them all talking about you in the book. <laughs> and so I was interested Well, you know, I had, you know, I had over 10 people. You know, mm-hmm. these are record label executives. This were yes. the people who found the girls for Columbia Records. They're producers, uh, choreographers. These are people directly day-to-day involved. You know, I've always been very comfortable being mm-hmm. behind the scenes. But I have to tell you, Dr. B, in the Last years, I the, all the people that I began to see take credit uh, for Destiny's Child, take credit for Beyonce's career, uh, I had to step up and say something and say, hey, wait a minute. that's You played a role, but don't get it twisted. You didn't play the central role. You weren't the one that had the strategy for this. Uh, and so that's another reason I, I wrote this book, uh, because I started seeing so many people. Just the other day on uh, a TV show, one of the writers, uh, one or two of their songs is taking credit. You know, I'm like, wow, it's amazing how everybody is responsible for this success now. But nobody wants to take responsibility for the failures. Uh, that's interesting. No, they 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 always <laughs> blame me for that, and I was okay with that. Uh, that's the role of a manager: is to uh, always step in front of the bus for your artists. You mm-hmm. find any good manager, any good executive, they never blame it on their client. They always take take the fall. 
That's part of the job. What was the most painful thing about writing this book? Because um, as an author myself, writing my my book, it, I mean, there just there was just moments where I I just was you know in tears in writing it. Were there painful things uh, yeah. that you had to write about in that book, and and what was it for you? Because for me, it was very cathartic. Yeah, there was there was there was a, a therapeutic. You know, I mm-hmm. it took me through a journey. A lot of this stuff, I had kind of spent so much to have happened. Uh, I'm sure there's some things I forgot. Um, but but just to go on that journey and knowing the ups and downs that we all had to go through from the many times the girls, you know, heard the door closed in their faces. Um, and I remember some moments like the breakup of uh, two of the members and how uh, how sad that Beyonce and Kelly uh, were and how Beyonce took the fall forward. And in the book, I, one of the things I wanted to, clear that up that Beyonce at 16, 17 years old uh, could not make a decision, a billion dollar decision. We in the music industry don't let kids make that. And for years, Beyonce has always been blamed for the breakup of Destiny's Child. She had nothing to do with it. She she would have wanted it to work, not for it to, to come apart like that. Uh, and I wanted to clear that up. And that was clarified in the book, and I'm glad you do that. You did that, Matthew. You know, one of the things too is that uh, in the book you point out you've been called every name imaginable in the book. And what has this business taught you that you bring out in the book? Well, I, I actually feel the reverse, um, mm-hmm. and I don't say that in any arrogant and ego. I think you've met me and. Mm-hmm. Broke bread. I think you know my personality is not. I do. Yeah, uh, but no. I came into the industry rather than the industry teaching me. I actually taught the industry. Uh, I came from twenty years of corporate America, highly successful, number one sales rep in the world here, and number one sales rep in sales and marketing. I went into the business. It, they were in the record industry. I was in the branding and endorsement business. And I was in it from an international perspective, not just the United States. Uh, so I did never, and to this day, never cared how somebody else did it. Uh, didn't matter to me. I wished them well, always do. And, but we did it our way. And it was different than everybody else. Uh, well, you know, I think well, the reason why I ask you that, because I know in your book, you, you talk about that that what people call you is based on your current circumstance. But once one can absolutely change and come up in a new direction and have everybody singing your name, one trip down, you say, and nobody knows your name. But what lasts, I'm quoting you out of your book, is what is written in blood, like the name Father. What holds out absolutely. is legacy like the name, manager of the world's most successful girl group. You can hang your hat on that. And I quote Matthew Knowles. <laughs> so, well, I, I'm glad that you read the book. You know, it's so frustrating. 
being in an interview with someone who had read the book. So <laughs> thank you for that. Well, uh, but you know, I think, you know, uh, a body of work here is, uh, you get a, a sense of me from racism from the eyes of a child that gives you more context of who I am. And you can see how that tied into this book, uh, Destiny's Child, The Untold Story. Uh, because there are some similarities. Um, I had a strong mother. I had a mother who really supported me, who um, challenged people for me. Uh, and, and, you know, I grew up with that. We are who we we were and what the experiences were when, in our childhood. And some of those childhood experiences, racism made me extremely tough. So when I went into the music industry, you know, no, hearing that stuff versus, you know, being beaten and hit with electric prodder and spit on, uh, you know, not as bad of a deal as what I grew up with. So I had the, t- the thick skin to deal with that. But then the parenting, you know, my, my dad was a great father to me. Uh, my mom, she gave me tough love. I, I'm known for giving tough love. I'm a lot like my mother in a tough love category. Uh, so that played a role in all of this as well. Well, you know, I, I want to thank you for being so so forthright and sharing because in an earlier interview we had in May, you talked about those early experiences and how our early experiences certainly frame and form us as adults. And this man from Gladson, Alabama, you know, who had some horrific experiences as a child, but how you were able to overcome those and how you let your hardships stay in the past. Now, a lot of these young ladies that you dealt with, they had many personal hardships Uh, But as you stated in your book, there are nothing like their forefathers and how they had to scrape uh, economically. Uh, And so these young girls found their voices and they carried their dreams thanks to you, Matthew. They grew up, they blew up, and the rest is supposed to be history. I'm quoting your book. But as you see, a lot of... Thank you again. (laughs) But again, when I talk about forefathers, you know, I have a strategy in my madness. Uh, You know, that takes you to the emancipation of slaves through what? Through music. Mm -hmm. Uh, So there's a rhyme and reason to how I write these books. I know, I know. And so, and yet life moves on. Because, you know, I love that. And you wrote the book about the DNA of, let's see, uh, the title of that book. And I love that book. The DNA they, of Achievers. DNA of Achievers. I mean, there is a lot about Matthew Knowles that is more than just this book, Destiny's Child, The Untold Story. Matthew, there's a lot about you that still remains untold. As to all of the things that you've done, you've got to write a book sort of that uh, autobiographical about yourself, about the hard work. And, and this is a great book. You have done so much, but and you're leaving a legacy. And I want to ask you too, what's the legacy you want to leave? So I, I just want to give you a two minute context. Uh, give this me happened that. about uh, it, this happened about about three months ago. I was getting off the plane in Houston. Uh, there's a freeway that takes you. There's a beautiful view of downtown Houston. It was sun was setting, and to the right was a very poor Hispanic neighborhood. Sort of reminded me of where I grew up. 
Uh, and then there in a the distance was this beautiful golden-like city. Um, and so I came up with the title. Uh, it won't be my next book, but it's coming. It's, and that's, the title is When I Look Back. Oh, wow. Um, and I actually cried. I actually cried because mm-hmm. I was thinking about my life and seeing that glow and seeing that poor neighborhood uh, and thinking about my life. And that's why I, I want to write a book of when I look back on my life. So by my title it when I look back. And it's one of those things you have in your head. Uh, and I just got to get it out of my head after I finish a couple of more books. Yeah, because I think, uh, as you said, not all of the, um, I think, not all of the conversations around Destiny Childs are finished. And so life moves on. And I think you're probably, uh, knowing you, Matthew, <laughs> that will probably bring that out in the next book that you write. Uh, this book has been so insightful for people to see and know. Uh, more about what went on and the true story as told by a father. Destiny has a hidden meaning. And and uh, can you literally tell us the hidden meaning that you point out in your book of destiny? Well, you know, the way that the name came about is mm-hmm. uh, we were looking for a name and, and my former wife, Tina, literally uh, just flipped through the Bible uh, and um, she had a, a piece of paper uh, in one of the pages, and it fell out, and her eyes went straight. And we were all together, uh, and her eyes went straight to destiny. Uh-huh. Um, and, and then I shared. I literally had two hours because of this cease and desist uh, to, to name the book Child. But I don't think I've ever shared this to anyone. Um uh-huh. No one's ever asked me, well, who is Destiny's Child? Well, Destiny's Child, this no one's ever heard before. Destiny's Child is Beyonce. Okay. And definitely she is. Did you recognize that when she was young? I did. I did, and everyone around us did. I mean, it wasn't Mm -hmm. just something Mm -hmm. uh, that I recognized. Uh, It was pretty known in the city of Houston, this Little girl, eight, nine, ten years old, was you know on was given this gift, and she won these awards, won thirty awards in a row before they lost on Star Search, um, as and on one-on-one competition as a kid, and but she was always so passionate about this stuff, and I just wanted her to, and as Solange as well was, uh, to do what they love doing, and I just think it's the role of every parent uh, to. Surround your kids with the tools to be successful, regardless of what that is. As a professor, as an educator, nothing saddens me more than when I talk to my students and they are forced to do something because their dad and mom was a doctor, so they have to be a doctor. Their mom was an attorney, they have to be an attorney. And that never works. It goes through, they might get their degree, they might actually even do the, the job at some point, but it ends up in failure almost all the time. When you live your passion, you never work a day in your life. That's what I, I wanted my kids to do, live their passion. 
And you know, that is so true, Matthew. And because uh, when you live your passion, you don't, you're not stressed. You're excited every day to get up and to do it. It's not a drudgery. You know, I, I want to just segue just a minute uh, into what has been one of your most defining moments when you look back and even just in writing this book. What did you discover? Um, it was some point that I um, felt some anger. Okay. Uh, when I, I wrote the book, uh, because I just know the story has never been accurate. Uh, and there was some anger, anger there uh, for that. I, I, at the same time, I, I felt some compassion uh, for... Uh-huh. Uh, the the young ladies that we had and I had to make changes uh, because they were teenagers, uh, they were kids, and it was really uh, when you're dealing with a minor, it's the parent that's really making the decision. There's a part of the book where uh, Sylvia Rome at the Electoral Record says to one of the producers, "Hey, I love that group, but I there's four girls and there's." 12 parents. That's 16 people I have to deal with. Uh, and so a lot of what happened in the early years, uh, you know, a lot of the changes was because of the parents, not because of the child. Uh, and when I see, I've met, now I'm seeing uh, uh, Ashley Tamar Davis, who I'm very proud of, who got a record deal with Prince, uh, became his protege. Unfortunately, uh, he died. But uh, when I saw Ashley several years ago, I had to almost pry her hug away. You know, she was so happy. And oh, I that's... saw Latoya for the first time uh, after the lawsuits and after the years. The same thing. I've not, I've not seen um, Latavia. I have not seen Farrah. Um, but when I saw those two, two young ladies, it was extremely positive. And so I oh, had wonderful. compassion for that. Uh, knowing that they were kids uh, and went through that experience. That's great, Matthew. Thank you so much for sharing that because it's so wonderful to feel that, you know, love and knowing that you have really made a difference in somebody's life. Well, you're going to take a quick break and we're going to be right back with my interview, continuing with Matthew Knowles. Thank you for listening. We'll be right back. We're on Facebook, along with some of the greatest minds of the world, and that includes you. Visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment. Please join Dr. Sarah, a.k.a. Dr. Red, on an amazing journey of love, soul, abundance, compassion, and authenticity. Dr. Red is a well-renowned healer, hypnotherapist, author, and speaker who has overcome personal challenges to emerge stronger than ever before to reach out to you and heal you emotionally, mentally, and spiritually for the most informative and enriching experience filled with unbridled laughter and insights on life, health, culture, and society. Tune in to Dr. Red Set. Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. We hear just be you a lot these days. But who are you? What is an authentic life? The answer to these questions and more will be answered on The Authentic Living Show, hosted by Andrea Matthews. Andrea will interview some of today's spiritual, psychological experts and will provide her own wisdom to help you raise your consciousness to the level of your I am. Listen for Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. 
heard live every Wednesday afternoon at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. This is Transformation for Success. To reach Dr. Barbara Young or today's guest, please call into the program at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to info at transformationforsuccess.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to my interview today with Matthew Rolls, executive, and he is absolutely the CEO, founder of Music World Entertainment. And he is today discussing his number one Amazon book, Destiny's Child, The Untold Story. So thank you for tuning back in. Matthew, you know, this has been just uh, just so insightful of you sharing about Destiny's Child, The Untold Story, and I know it's going to touch many lives in getting the real story out there. But as we see through so many oral histories, we know that every angle has not been told. So do you see yourself writing, well, you mentioned that earlier, maybe writing maybe a sequel or a second book um, to, to this and where you'll maybe elaborate a little bit more because there's so much to share and I know, you know, that was a tremendous undertaking for you. And you did it fairly quickly. How long did it take? May I just kind of back up and say, how long did it take you to write this book? Well, it took me two years to write this book. Okay. All um, right. Okay. Uh, it was kind of start and stop kind of thing. But, uh, again, after my cancer scare in July, I, I, I really focused really hard just on this book and completing it. And that was one of the things that I was going to ask you, too, in the segment was uh, share a bit about the breast cancer diagnosis for you, because uh, I know you've coined another term for men who may have this challenge. And what was the, 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 the term terminology that you coined for males? I just well, I, 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 I coined and I've gotten support from pharmaceutical companies and mm-hmm. doctors and everyone, male chest cancer. You know, okay. as men, uh, you know, we walk around with our shirts off. There's commercials with us on with our shirts off. Uh-huh. Um, we just don't refer to that part of our body. Uh, we refer to it as chest. Right, and you I don't say breast. <laughs> oh, no. okay. Yeah, I've found the number one reason why men don't want to go to the doctor and don't want to get a, these exams is because of the word. And if I can save lives because of changing the word, then... I'm all in, and if someone that's listening has a better word than mine, then I support your word as well. Well, I tell you, I, I really appreciated that. And when I learned, I couldn't remember it, but I knew you had said you had coined a new uh, terminology and not yeah. sharing, saying breast cancer for male, but male chest cancer. Yeah, I male like chest that. cancer. Right. And yes. uh, now I know when we talked about this that uh, you are – you are pretty well, doing well now, and, and it is in remission, should I say it that way? Um, yeah, I, I, I always say that today, uh, mm-hmm. today I'm cancer-free, but, you know, okay. I have more information about uh, this cancer overall. I have a mutated uh, BRCA. Um, you know, we all, all living beings 
have this BRCA cell. Uh, mine mm-hmm. is supposed to help fight diseases and cancer. Mine is mutated 25% of the world. Um, it's mutated. So for men, that means a higher chance, not that you're going to get it, a higher chance of prostate cancer, pancreatic cancer, melanoma, and male chest cancer. And for women, mm-hmm. it means a higher chance of breast cancer and ovarian cancer. And a lot of this, you have to pay attention to your family history. Um, I have history in my um, uh, mother's side of breast cancer and on my father's side of, of uh, uh, pink, uh, prostate mm-hmm. cancer. So mm-hmm. you know, I just ask the listeners, hey, this is a simple blood test uh, for BRCA mm-hmm. and insurance covers it and mammograms, uh, you know, another simple test. Um, please, uh, early detection. I, I'm, I was at stage 1A. Uh, I'm fortunate I don't take a pill. I didn't have to do radiation. Uh, That's great. So I'm, 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 I'm fortunate That's and grateful great. for that. Well, one of the things, too, we can actually clarify for the for the listeners that this was not the motivating uh, factor that led you to write Destiny's Child. Uh, you already had this book in progress um, in the oh, process yeah. for at least two years. No, I want to make that clear because, you know, sometimes people can take things and kind of twist it. So maybe because you were diagnosed with breast cancer, now you, you come out with this book. But the fact of it is the book was in process, but it certainly uh, reveals to us that no matter what's handed to us in life or the circumstances that you have no control over, one thing you have control over is how you respond to it. And Matthew, you did respond wisely by going to the doctor very early. So thank you for that. And thank you for sharing. Maybe we'll have you back on <laughs> wait, stage three, <laughs> show three to talk about. Yeah, I would love I, that. I mean, I, about, I am about uh, this next then. year. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sorry. No. I am next year. I'm uh, doing, doing a number of semi- seminars uh, around the country on health and wellness and early detection. Um, so I, I would love to do that. You know, I, I, I'm fortunate I bring that 20 years of diagnostic imaging uh, which gives me somewhat of, of an advantage over uh, an average layperson that knows very little about medicine. Okay, that's good. And that'll be great. We'll think about that, but we'll talk about that for next year. One other thing I want to get back to the book, so with my listeners hanging on every word that you're saying today, is what do you, what do you want the readers to uh, get out of this book? What do you want them to really, um, you know, benefit from Destiny's Child. Well, I, I, again, it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's, there's a lot of Destiny's Child fans that are in that age category that actually read books uh, mm-hmm. and actually grew up on this music. Um, there's been a number of people who changed their lives on one song, Survivor. I've had mm. emails and letters from uh, one woman who was literally in the bathtub about to cut her wrist. And in the kitchen, the song Survivor came on, and it saved her life. She stopped and didn't kill herself. So these girls have impacted people, and these women now have impacted people in a a, a lot of ways. Because music, we share our feelings and emotions. And Mm -hmm. your listeners right now can think of a Destiny's Child song and where they were and what they were doing and save them from when they were breaking up in a relationship or a job uh, getting terminated. That's what music done. And so I just wanted to bring back those memories. I I wanted that fan base, because I wrote this 
thinking about the fans of Destiny's Child, mm-hmm. uh, and that's not everyone, but that was my focus, my core focus. And, and so I wanted to give those fans uh, just to understand what those challenges were and what that was like and those emotions. Uh, I wanted the fans also to know, and I it was important to me. You know, I, I, I do many interviews and and I love my daughters, but I sometimes get very annoyed uh, that everything is about Beyonce. Mm-hmm. I, that really annoys me when I'm really wanting to talk about something important or like health, and it somehow gets to Beyonce. And, and I wanted people to understand how Beyonce got to be Beyonce. It certainly <laughs> yeah. wasn't her on her own. It was right. others that helped that. Right, that right. Helped. and it was a mom and dad um, who were working hard behind the scenes, working exactly, together. Exactly, exactly. And, and you know, I, I will say she's very, very, she's a really great young lady, a great kid. I still call her a kid because she always would be my kid. Uh, and, and she's very grateful for what her parents did and the role that I played uh, as her manager and as her father. Well, I know she does. I mean, because think of her this, thinking about who was carrying her around, you know, at an early age. Children don't forget. And to have a dad that has that history is really, really wonderful. And, and I'm I so glad. I Solange in this book. You know, I, yes, I, I know. About, you know, Proud Family, which is coming back. The, uh, uh, the cartoons that we used to watch on sun- Saturdays uh, mm-hmm. coming back. And, you know, that song, the theme song is Solange featuring Destiny's Child, and that was a strategic move on my part because I always wanted Solange to be a member of the group, and I worked really hard to make sure she got to be featured, I mean, be the lead on that song, and it actually secondary role was Destiny's Child uh, because I was hoping that Solange would embrace that and would want to be a part of the group, but, you know, I, I respect Solange. Uh, she's Got her daddy's personality. She wanted to be a solo star, and she was hell-bent on that. And and guess what? It worked. Yeah, 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 I know. She's a wonderful, wonderful young lady, and you should be proud of your young ladies because they really have done well. In fact, you, I just will sum up this by saying thank you so much, you know, for being the parent, for being the motivator, for being the talented manager you were. In helping these young women at young ages find their voices, carry their dreams into adulthood and motherhood. They grew up, they blew up, and the rest is supposed to be history. But as we see through your book, from the personal oral stories and histories they share, not every angle has been told. And not all the conversations around Destiny's Child has been finished. But life moved on, and I want to applaud you because so did the music, and so did you and Tina, who found other partners, wonderful new marriages, and salvaged a friendship, and that is absolutely incredible. And you're now co-parenting and grandparenting happily. So I wanted to end the show with a happy note, knowing that... Well, that's yes, good. <laughs> that things Tina are going well. Tina will always be my friend. We we Tina and I will always be yeah. friends. We... We we talk, you know, very, very we we talk quite a bit, you know, um, 
you know what the funny thing is I married this wonderful woman uh, her name is Gina and, and so I often <laughs> you just love the Ginas and the Tinas uh, be, <laughs> the Tina the Gina I'll be talking to Gina I accidentally call her Tina she's got such a personality she laughs uh, I one time called Tina Gina I'm not sure how well that went over I think but... she laughed at that <laughs> but that's okay that's all right. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, I have these two wonderful, wonderful women in my life. Uh, and I thank you so much for this interview. We didn't talk at all about uh, the uh, record, but the album came out also. And you can go to any streaming service. Uh, and it's same title as Destiny Child, The Untold Story, featuring Girls Time. Oh, wow. I'm sorry. I forgot that. Please. Well, we still have a little time. You want to share just a little bit about that? We have about four minutes before we close. Tell them where they you can know, get just the quickly, quick. I, I mean, this, is, this album was made in 1990. Mm-hmm. Uh, Beyonce and Kelly is the primaries on it. It has Ashley Tamar Davis on it as well. She was one of the lead singers with Beyonce. Uh, okay. And, you know, it's amazing how a good song, uh, it has the test of time. Uh, so some of these songs, especially the song Sunshine, uh, which is it. one of the singles, Go it, get is, it. Uh, it, it will uh, bring chills, chills on your spine. Well, Matthew, I just want to thank you so much. And in the last few minutes, tell the people where they can get this book. Right quickly, where can you get the book? Well, they can go to Amazon, you know, any of the, those digital services. Amazon.com, uh, get that coming book. Out everywhere, the, 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 the uh, physical book, paperback, you can get on Amazon as well. Uh, you'll be able to get that paperback and hardcover on all retails uh, in the next week or so. Um, the music, you can get all, all streaming services, but you can also, for the book, if you want to get it autographed, uh, and I sign it and put some words, uh, just go to MatthewKnowles.com. Uh, you know, Dr. B, I'm a public speaker and I, I love to be engaged, uh, as a public speaker. So you can also okay. go on that site, MatthewKnowles.com and book me to speak. Uh, oh, right. I enjoy Thank you, Matthew. As I close the show today, a man of many talents, it's been an extreme pleasure to share your latest book with the listeners today. So thank you, Matthew. We'll be talking soon. Have a wonderful day, rest of the day, and get some rest because you've had five interviews already. Maybe this is the sixth one. So this is Dr. Barbara Young signing off until next week. And again, I can't thank you, Matthew, enough. Have a great day. And listeners out there, You have a very blessed day. Thank you. I'm signing off until next week. Stay tuned. We appreciate you joining us for Transformation for Success. Please join your host, Dr. Barbara Young, again next Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time. That's 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Or join us for our replay every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have an outstanding week.